Emerald Podcast Series. Research that makes a difference. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Series. In this series, we speak to experts from around the globe using research to create real impact. In each episode, we explore the role of research within the context of the environmental, economic, social, and political challenges facing our society and look at the ways in which research, policy, and practice interact to affect communities around the world. We're your hosts. I'm Daniel Ridge. I'm Helen Bedo, and we are publishers at Emerald Publishing. In recent years, tattoos have burst onto the pop culture scene and in many ways have gone from representing subversive subcultures to becoming commonplace. Stars like The Rock, Tom Harding, and Jason Momoa have even incorporated their tattoos into their on-screen personas, and musicians like Justin Bieber and Post Malone are known for the facial tattoos. Interestingly, in the 1860s, King Edward VII, Victoria's son, started a trend among the upper class when he got a tattoo of a Jerusalem cross, which shows that tattoos haven't always been as subversive as we may think. To talk about the significance of tattoos, and to delve a bit deeper into their historical context, I'm joined today by Lee Barrow. In his new book, Tattoos in Popular Culture, Cultural Representations in Ink, Lee dives into the storied history of tattoos and explores their significance in celebrity and popular culture. Thanks so much for joining me today, Lee. My pleasure. Great, great to be here. Well, I have a lot of questions about your book. I thought it was really fascinating. I'm wondering how you first got interested in working on tattoos. It came from working on a previous book, uh, which was looking at different ways of explaining sort of classic sociological theory, but using popular culture to do it. So I kind of thought students would be much more interested in these ideas, kind of see them in the world around them. And the, the, chap- the book had various different chapters. And I was watching a show called Miami Inc. at the time. And what was interesting about Miami Inc. was the way in which people would talk about their tattoos as kind of signs of, of self and sort of signaling aspects of their identity. And so I thought, well, that would be the great, the best way to in semiotics. Um, so I started researching tattoos from that perspective. I was, I was a fan of the show. I really liked it. Um, so I watched it every week anyway. But I thought that was a really lovely way of explaining something, which is quite tricky, uh, but actually in a way in which lots of people perhaps even experience themselves. And from there, I just kind of became really increasingly fascinated with tattooing. That led to a, a, an entire book dedicated to tattooing, um, it's called Tattoo Cultures. And that is then has led to the, the new book, Tattoos and Popular Culture, which is much uh, more easy um, and less heavy than the previous book. Yeah, so you, uh, you talk a lot about popular culture, tattoos and popular culture, but you also talk a little bit about the history of tattoos. Are there surprising things about the history of tattoos that people might not know about? Um, I think the, the, the sheer age of tattooing, I think many historians argue that humans have tattooed themselves from the very beginning. So we found mummies who are extensively tattooed and symbolically tattooed from thousands of years ago. So the idea of kind of inscribing some kind of pigmentation into our skin, either for ourselves or to signify something about our status and position in society, seems to be one of the oldest practices. Uh, I think that's really interesting. It's certainly not a contemporary trend or even a trend of decades ago. It's something that humans have always been fascinated with, of altering themselves in this way. And I think I found that really fascinating. Well, tattoos have been subversive for a long time up until the last few decades. And um, I'm wondering if you could tell us about the cultural shift of it moving from 
often a religious ceremony or a cathartic experience, and then it being part of counterculture around the world. And then now it's become so mainstream that celebrities have them. I think another surprising thing when you look at the history of tattooing is they kind of change. Um, so the perceptions of tattooing and tattoos have often shifted. So again, you've seen tattoos as a part of some societies. It's simply part of, of that kind of growing process. So the rite of passage tattooing has been a very important cultures. Kind of ALA tradition was a very important element and a really important way of being seen across the world. Um, however, in the late 19th century, and certainly in, in the UK, but I do believe in the US as well, many aristocrats became obsessed with it. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, which kind of dismayed some criminologists who decided that tattoos must be associated with a very particular group, and they were rather confused and surprised when um, and even royalty were becoming tattooed with heraldic emblems and all manner of interesting things. So... It's, it's an interesting thing of looking the way in which tattoos, although we tend to think that the modern acceptability is a fairly modern process. I guess kind of in the early 20th century onwards, tattoos did start to become synonymous with a more rebellious social group and seemed to be things that were kind of communicating very powerful countercultural messages or simply practices which then became divorced from um, middle-class cultures uh, and the like. In many respects, certainly from the, the 50s, the tattoo became seen as the emblem of the rebel, sign that anyone who had a tattoo was clearly going their own way and wasn't following the sort of dictates of polite society. And that became an interesting dominant theme for decades. So kind of the 1980s and certainly the 90s, which became part of many theorists call the tattoo renaissance, in which a much wider spectrum of people started to see the communicative and symbolic value of tattoos. So that notion then of tattoos kind of becoming really an indicator of one particular social group, or particularly a, a set of attitudes, became a little bit more complicated and more widely diffused from the 1990s. And in many respects, we've now just seen waves of renaissances in the sense that whilst tattoos were probably certainly less common and certainly less visible, because of popular culture now, they're not. Um, they're extremely visible uh, and through television, film, etc., uh, music. But actually, celebrity culture has played a really important driving role in that regard. So tattooing is not a casual act. I've heard it called surgery without anesthesia, and it's painful, and it's likely to last your entire life. Do you think young people especially take all that into account when they're getting a tattoo, that it's not something to take as lightly as something you just do with your friends on a Saturday? Certainly in some of my previous research, I, I did interview someone who had a kind of marvelously casual attitude to tattoos, who just woke up that morning, gave his artist a call and said, I'll figure out what I want on the way down there which I thought was um, very maverick. But in many cases, it, it can't really be that casual because it, it isn't something you can just do on the spur of the moment. It isn't like just going buying a piece of fashion. You know, you have to contact the artist. You have to decide what the um, design will be. Even if you go into a studio and point at some flat, there's a process. You have to fill out um, paperwork in terms of your acknowledgement of processes. You have to make all your uh, medical issues to make sure there aren't any problems. 
So it, in many respects, it isn't a fast process. Many artists will be booked. So you, you, you're going to have a waiting list time anyway. So it isn't going to happen immediately. In many cases, it doesn't happen quickly because of the nature of the act. The setup time takes time. So even before the, the needle makes its first mark, there's a fair few steps to go through before you actually tattooed. Well, I know that in your first work on tattoos, you spent time in tattoo parlors and you got to know these people. What can you tell me about the current culture of tattoos, what it's like hanging out in a tattoo parlor? They're fascinating places. Um, They're quite unique. The thing that always strikes you is the smell. There's a very distinctive antiseptic um, cleaning agent smell that I've only ever detected in in tattoo studios because of the very specific products they use. The moment you step into a tattoo studio, that's what hits you. So they're, they're very evocative um, spaces. You can hear the um, the sound of the machines going. There's that constant interest in kind of whirring sound. Usually the spaces are really fascinating. They're, they're kind of really stylized and cool spaces. Often there are fashion items that the studios also produce. Really interesting. It's interesting. And certainly some of the artists express them. They can be very intimidating spaces because they're unlike any other kind of retail space or likely to visit and also of course what's happening is it's a painful act there's blood it produces various sensations depending on where you get the tattoo there's music playing there's there's often a lot of talk because they're you know there's spaces where people actually enjoy being the act of being tattooed is very singular act it isn't something you're going to do very often even if you become heavily tattooed there will be spaces between that process and those those times they're very unique spaces i've heard tattoos been called job stoppers that if somebody gets a big tattoo especially on their hand or their neck or even their face that it can harm them when they try to go into the professional world is there ever a time that a tattoo artist will not do a tattoo on somebody um in the interviews for for the the earlier book i talked about particularly facial tattoos and some artists will do it, but they will speak very clearly with the client and really ensure that they're here. Yeah. The same with neck tattoos or, or hand tattoos. So in many cases, if the client really wants that and they can demonstrate that they've thought this through, then that's the artist will, will do it. And clearly we can see many people with neck tattoos. And it has changed to some degree. I think the, the kind of job stopper issue has become um, less important certainly there's a lot more um, visible tattoos than there used to be neck tattoos but even that has kind of changed to some degree and again it seems to be coming from the world of celebrity that we're seeing particularly in uh, music a lot more celebrities sporting facial tattoos some spectacularly um, like Post Malone others more discreetly like Justin Bieber or Halsey but they are quite new. The facial tattoo always seemed to be the last frontier, even for the heavily tattooed. But it is changing to some degree. Well, I know that for celebrities, getting a tattoo was always very taboo, that they thought it would ruin their acting career. But like you said, there are actors that have a lot of actors that have tattoos. I'm, I'm interested in somebody like The Rock or, um, you know, there. I was thinking of Jason Momoa also um, in Aquaman, that he's wearing all these tattoos without a shirt on. And I think a lot of those are real tattoos, aren't they? They are, yes. Um, so his wrist tattoo designs are, are his. So they've been worked into the narrative of Aquaman, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. What do you think that, that says about popular culture when they're being incorporated into uh, the identity of an actor? 
Um, I, I think, again, that the, it's the kind of the recognizability of celebrity. I think so when you've got really iconic figures like Jason Moore and, uh, and The Rock, whose tattoos regularly feature in his film roles, you know, particularly the Fast and Furious movies, there is that notion that we're seeing character and the person as one in, in many respects. And that notion of a distinctive tattoo uh, that they wear off screen can, in one sense, become part of that overall persona, which I think is really interesting. It doesn't happen with all actors. Um, Scarlett Johansson has a number of tattoos, and they're often not visible in screen roles in the same way. I think you were talking about Johnny Depp having tattoos in the 90s, that even in the 90s it was a little bit taboo, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I remember reading an interview with Johnny Depp where he pretty much said that it was a forbidden thing. So certainly in the, in the late 80s and the 90s, it was pretty rare to see celebrities with tattoos. Um, there were some, of course, Cher, um, Sean Connery was a good example. Sean Connery has a tattoo. Yeah, if you look very closely in a lot of Bond movies, you can spot it. It's I, I presume it's from his Navy days. He has a, a very distinctive um, old school tattoo on his um, forearm, um, which is really interesting. So in some Bond movies, if you if you look out for that, you can spot it. Never referred to, but it, again, it's Sean Connery's tattoo from his younger days. So there were some, but they were pretty rare uh, and nowhere near as pronounced as they are now. And again, the, the indication seemed to be that an actor wouldn't really engage. Uh, well, how has um, the internet and online community shaped tattoos in popular culture or even in subgroups? So really, what has the internet done for tattoo artists too? In many respects, it's, it's revolutionized tattooing. If you think not that long ago, you would be fairly limited to the artist in your locality. So if you wanted a tattoo and you wanted to start thinking about which artist you wanted to do the work, would probably choose a video that was fairly close to you. You'd have to visit that. You would look at the portfolio physically. Social media has changed that. Um, so artist work is now um, globally diffused uh, and globally on show. We can check out the studios and, and the artist's work in a number of different ways. We're not constrained by geography anymore. Again, we're seeing more examples of artists' work. And that's becoming a really important element. So the, the world of tattooing, has been opened out in, in a very powerful way through social media, particularly platforms like Instagram, which are so primarily visual. So again, if, if you're a tattoo fan, you can explore tattoos more. You can look at what the trends are. You can look at what the new techniques are. You can look at tattoo art profiles. And obviously, tattoo artists are uploading all of their work constantly. More importantly, you can engage with artists online. You can talk to other tattoo fans online. You can debate designs. There's a, an interesting trend where often the design will be soaped over and re revealed. So you have this moment of revelation of the tattoo, which will then be uploaded onto Instagram as a short film. So I think it's become a really great platform or set of platforms in which we can really immerse ourselves into the world of tattooing. And in that sense, and one of the points I make, in tattooing and popular cultures, it's now becoming almost like a repository and almost a historical record of tattoos now. So if we want to look at what were the key trends of a particular period, we can now look at social media platforms and get a really great sense of that. A kind of a, a related issue, of course, is the impact of reality TV, and which really opened up what the studio was, how it worked, who worked there, what went on in a tattoo studio, because they were previously fairly secretive places. 
So that really helped as well to sort of take away some of the kind of mystery of tattooing. Artists didn't like that and still don't, but it did help the industry in that sense and that a lot of people sort of understood what tattooing is. Certainly helped more people become enamored with tattoos. Yeah, we've mentioned a couple times now reality shows, and there's some strange ones that I found on MTV. The one um, just tattoo of us and how far is too far, where a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a friend chooses the tattoo of somebody, and then they put a horrendous tattoo on them, and then they react to it and they usually cry or fight or something like that. What does that say about tattoo culture that it's gotten to that point now? Well, I think in one sense, I mean, one of the points I want to make about that is. That's kind of, in some cases, the antidote to the kind of notion that all tattoos have profound meaning in, in the sense that they don't. So, you know, if we look at just tattoo of us, you know, there is sometimes really nice work done. And there are sometimes tattoos which have genuinely nice sentimental meaning behind them. But they're pretty rare. Most of them are kind of really quite spectacularly um, bad images or in many cases, offensive images, which, as you say, do result in um, on-screen conflict and drama. Uh, and I think that's that's the level of tattooing, which is many artists find it problematic. Sometimes the work is deliberately bad, or it's deliberately provocative. Again, particularly because they're semi-permanent. Um, to remove a tattoo is easier than it ever has been, but it's still difficult. So when you're having a tattoo which is deliberately offensive, it isn't something that you can discard easily. Right. So tattoos do mean different things to different people. So obviously, these people who are on these shows, it means one thing in what you said about purposely offensive tattoos. But then, you know, some people look at it as a cathartic experience. They'll have uh, tattoos of loved ones who've passed away, or they'll have, you know, images of something that happened in their life. But then other times it doesn't mean anything. It's just a nice design. What have you learned about people's relationships with tattoos in your research? In most cases, tattoos had some kind of rationale behind them. There were some that, that didn't. There were some that people just really loved the idea of being tattooed. They wanted a particular image that they just happened to like. And it's also important to note that because in, in one sense, the kind of reality TV influence has been to assume that every single tattoo has some profound meaning. It doesn't necessarily have that at all. But in my research, a lot of people's tattoos there are personal statements of family, personal statements of self, which is important. There are issues in which people mark their periods of their life. One person I interviewed was transforming his body into this really complicated history of his life with these themed elements of each part of his body had a very distinctive connection, which was astounding to look at and try to decipher and, and couldn't be deciphered unless he took you through it. That was that was amazing. In some cases, people just liked having tattoos. In some cases, people's tattoos had kind of been left behind in terms of how they changed. So there were some people who had sort of brand logos and, and insignias um, that they'd get in a decade or, or longer before, and now they weren't much, they weren't really fans of the band anymore. Even in that case, they kind of they didn't see them as objects of regret. They kind of said, well, actually, okay, it was a great time of my life. That band meant a lot to me when I was a teenager or in my early 20s. They don't mean that much to me now, but it, it always reminds me of that period. So in that case, it was quite interesting that even though a tattoo didn't have that kind of symbolic power anymore, the person had changed, they didn't really see them as being problematic. 
Well, with celebrities, I'm interested in how that works. I'm curious, are they, do you think that they're responding to trends? They're setting trends? What is the, the relationship with celebrities in popular culture with tattoos? I think obviously celebrity, they're always kind of held to be our primary role models. So again, in terms of fashion and trend. So it's inevitable that in one sense, we're looking to a group who are normalizing tattoos. I think that's the more interesting way of looking at it rather than people simply copying celebrities because they have tattoos. If we're looking at the normalization of tattoos, something which 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago would, would have been very different. I think celebrity clearly has a role to play in that because there are so many celebrity tattooed bodies uh, in a way that they just didn't used to be. And when we talked earlier about the notion of areas, celebrities have really pushed through with that. I mean, Post Malone is clearly one of the most significant examples of that. Facial tattoos now are so extensive and so iconic now. They're so recognizable. And that's something we wouldn't have seen even in popular culture until I think relatively recently. So, you know, the aesthetic of tattoos and celebrity and popular music has changed. And I think what's interesting is once upon a time, you know, it would have been heavy metal bands or punk bands who would have been heavily tattooed. And they still are. But what's interesting now is it's pop performers and way more mainstream celebrities who are not only tattooed, but extensively tattooed. So there's been a bit of a shift there in terms of, you know, it was always quite a subcultural activity. Tattoos and heavy metal have always gone together anyway, that notion of rebellion. The fact that it's mainstream pop performers now who are heavily tattooed. Um, Ed Sheeran, and it's very hard to find anyone who's more heavily tattooed than him. Really, he's not a heavy metal artist, uh, nowhere near. And I think that's really interesting that the sort of, there seems to be no, there are no rules now. There's, there's no expectations about who can be tattooed. Justin Bieber's um, maturity as a performer has been matched by his growing collection of tattoos. And again, now he, he is extensively tattooed, full body sleeve even some facial tattoos. So that's been a really interesting sea change, I think. And celebrities clearly been pushing that heavily in terms of that normalization of tattoos. Well, one of the changes that I'm curious about is how, you know, in the fashion industry, there's been this movement of this positive body image movement. I'm wondering, do you think that tattoos fit in relationship to that? They do. Uh, again, if you look back to fashion, tattoos are very rare. Now they're not. They're certainly becoming more visible in that sense. And I think that that is an, an element where there is a clear differentiation between the, what we'd assume would be fashion and what tattoos are. Because if it is a trend, and if you're getting into tattooing because it's a trend, then clearly you know, you're not going to be able to kind of change that in the way you could change your fashion ensemble. But I think even that with fashion, with advertising, tattoos have now become visible. They're there in a way that they weren't that long ago in terms of pop culture. So we're almost living in a sort of tattoo renaissance, aren't we? Um, I'm saying it's, it's the next wave. The tattoo renaissance that sort of started, certainly started to pick up speed in the 70s. And I think this is the most interesting one in that sense that it's become the most culturally diffused and visible. Again, it's still subcultural, of course. The visibility of tattoos is unprecedented. So where do you see it going from here if you're looking at it in terms of a wave that began in the 70s and has moved on to mainstream popular culture? Where can we go from here? I think it was Ozzy Osbourne who advised one of his children that to be a true rebel now would be not to get a tattoo because they are so normalized. So that, that's going to be the new rebelliousness. I think the law was changed. I, I, 
I think, you know, tattoos, again, as I said, we've been around uh, for thousands of years. Whether they're always going to have that same level of conspicuousness, who knows? And that, of course, is obviously always the risk with tattoos, particularly if we start thinking, why not get um, your neck tattooed? Why not get your hands tattooed? There's nothing to say that in five to ten years' time, there won't be another swing in, in which that will then be out, as it were. So it, it's always unpredictable in that sense. But I can't see anyone deciding that they don't want to be tattooed. In one sense, the custom work we now see is is often astounding. Not always, of course. There are lots of websites of um, bad tattoos. You have to be careful with that. And, and there are a lot of adverts in, you know, on social media talking about tattoos are things worth investing in in terms of finding the right artist and not being put off by price because um, lower cost tattoos tend not to be the ones that everyone's going to be amazed by. So, you know, again, not every not every expression of the art is amazing, but much of it is. And also, again, this interesting notion about how people are communicating aspects of self. In terms of pop culture, you know, the, the sheer number of pop cultural tattoos is really interesting. Um, so, again, you can see Marvel characters and DC characters. So, in some cases, it's become even more semiotic in the sense that Tattoos are not simply part of pop culture, but they invariably express pop culture itself, really moves you or that you're a fan of. Um, and that's become really interesting. So again, there's a whole host of Marvel characters and um, Harley Quinn tattoos, etc. many of which are absolutely spectacular. Um, Joker tattoos with Joaquin Phoenix. So again, there's, there are lots of different ways in which tattoos can express a person's sense of personality. I've noticed how a lot of people who get tattoos, there's an element of cultural appropriation where they get symbols of languages and different, you know, different sayings and different languages and things like that. What, what can you tell me about cultural appropriation and tattoos? Yeah, I think in some, one of the cases of, of visibility and certainty, I think, yeah, there, there is often a risk of that where people will look at the aesthetics of a symbol with no understanding of what it represents or what its history may be. Um, so they will simply take aspects of a culture simply because they think it looks cool, but they don't really have that understanding of, of what lies behind the tattoo and the tattoo design. So I, I think that that can be problematic, and there are certainly some people who run into that. And again, the notion almost like this postmodern approach that you can simply take a symbol just because you like it and not be concerned at all with the history of that and the cultural specificity of that. And that often is a risk with that approach. The flip side of that are some people who simply um, don't know that, that you can't just simply run um, a particular language through Google Translate and expect it to say what you think it states. There are a lot of people with symbols that don't make any sense, don't translate in what they think it translates into. So there have been some um, problems with that. But I, no, I think it is an issue. I think sometimes... There is a, an issue where the aesthetics of a tattoo can, for some people, override the history of what lies behind it. So, Lee, are you continuing to do research on tattoos? In terms of where I want to go next, my next plan is to do something very different. What I want to do is return back to the studios, and I want to look at the craft underpinnings of tattoos. Um, so I want to look at the two artist as a content craftsperson. Uh, so I really want to look at the technology aspect, the application aspects, really thinking about the notion of, of the use of, of hand and eye. Tattoo artists, great representation of what is ultimately a craft and art process. And that's something I'm really interested in. 
Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today about this. My pleasure. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed my discussion with Lee Barrow. You can find more information about his book in the show notes found on our website. I'd like to thank Sally Gregson for her help with today's episode and Alex Unius at This Is Distorted. 